Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Psychologists said gluttony in all its forms is sinful in that it represents a degree of self-love which is self-destructive. I think what's happening is we're just simply bored with life. And we're trying to sedate pain. Whether we go to the refrigerator to sedate that pain or we go out to eat to sedate it, we're trying to do it in some way. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Pastor Ed continues his series of messages on the seven deadly sins, and today comes to gluttony. This specific sin tends to be looked at as mainly a problem with food control and overindulgence. But Pastor Ed looks deeper today at the causes of gluttony. At times of pain, we turn to food to comfort us. Pastor Ed today asks us to find a different answer for those painful moments in life, looking to Jesus to be specific. Jesus provides all that we need, and we can turn to Him at every moment. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, gluttony. Building in faith. God will help us through anything and everything we may be walking through. We're in our series, The Seven Deadly Sins. We're speaking today on the fifth of the deadly sins. It's the one that you've all been waiting for. Gluttony. <laughs> Turn in our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, and we're going to look at the sin of gluttony. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 19 to 21. Listen, my son, and be wise, and keep your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. The Bible speaks against gluttony. It's a sin. The early church put it in the list of the seven deadly sins. Why? Is it so bad? The scriptures warn us against gluttony, against going off the right path to the wrong path. And that wrong path is giving vent to eating and drinking and just following it without any sense of restraint. Now, gluttony is the preoccupation with food. You've all heard the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Well, don't judge your brother or sister by their outward appearance. Don't, during the sermon, think, boy, that person there, they need to hear this message. (laughs) Gluttony isn't necessarily measured by your waist size. You can be as thin as a rail 
and still be guilty of the sin of gluttony. You can be heavy and overweight and not really be guilty of the sin of gluttony. I had a good friend. His name was Jay O'Hara. Jay was saved out of a life of drug addiction, freed from heroin. When he was saved, he was as thin as a rail. A year later, he blew up like a balloon. The drugs had so affected his body that somehow when he began to have a normal, healthy lifestyle, his body reacted to it. And he gained weight even though he wasn't eating a lot. He lived a life of constant dieting, which some of you know about. You can be a parent and have children. And you feed them the same menu. They have, they're eating at the same table. And yet one is really thin. And one struggles with weight. So it's not necessarily about your weight It's more about your attitude towards food and towards drink. Uh, Think about how much time you spend eating and thinking about eating and preparing for it. Do you know between 20 and 50 years of age, you will spend 20,000 hours with food? That's 800 days. Now, some of you spend a lot more, but we won't get into that right now. It was one of the writers I read said, gluttony is a distortion of the good. Eating is one of God's greatest gifts. Eating is fun. Moreover, as a psychoanalyst remind us, eating satisfies not only physical needs, but deep psychic needs as well. Oral gratification soothes our battered psyches. Gluttony distorts this pleasure and turns it into compulsions. Gluttony has given food value all out of proportion. What makes us, what drives us to gluttony? To using food, to using drink, to using things we consume in a way that's wrong crosses over the line and it becomes sin. All of us have, I hope, a good appetite and I hope you enjoy eating. God made us that way. But when we take it out of proportion, and that can be proportion, the size of it, or when we become so preoccupied with it, that's when we cross over into what the Bible calls the sin of gluttony. I'd like you to see the first thing that drives gluttony. The first thing that makes it and pushes it over the line, it's that when we eat as the pursuit of pleasure, gluttony can be driven by the pursuit of pleasure. In Philippians chapter 3, 19, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. That's a description of gluttony. Someone who just looks for food and is trying to get pleasure out of it but pushes the boundaries, goes beyond what God intended. That's when it becomes sin. Now, I grew up in an Italian home. 
If any of you know anything about an Italian home, as you're growing up, the first words that you hear is, manja, manja, eat. And they say to you, your parents, oh, you're such a good boy, ate everything on the plate. And you go over grandma and grandpa's house, good boy, you're getting to be a big boy, keep on eating. Now, you know, when I got married, I was in my 20s, and I'd go back to Brooklyn and visit my aunt and visit my mother. And my mother would always say, and my aunt and the relatives, you're so thin, your face is so skinny, isn't Joyce taking care of you? Here, eat, eat, eat. <laughs> and so there the pasta and the meatballs and all of the great food was, and you'd eat and eat. But I discovered something very disheartening. I was forewarned of it. I could remember sitting on the presbytery back in the Pendel district, and I was the youngest of the presbyters, and they would look at me, and I was thin, you know, I was like I was thin like a rail. And they would say, Uh-huh, how old are you? I'm 39. Uh-huh. Uh, wait until you get older. Wait until you wait until you hit your 50s. And I remember Brother Clark. My senior pastor in effort at Pennsylvania when I was a youth pastor, uh, he would say, oh, wait until you hit your 50s. Sure enough. <laughs> I never struggled with weight until, well, uh, by later 40s and 50s. And uh, now my wife this morning as I'm working on the computer, tweaking my message before I'm ready to leave the house, the very last thing she says to me is, now, don't forget, when we go out to eat, watch how much you put on your plate. I said, I know, I know, I'm preaching about it. <laughs> the real danger is that as we grow older, our bodies do change, and we can't eat what we once did. You know, some of you come from a Spanish culture, an Italian culture, a German culture, a French culture, whatever culture you may come from, and you have your favorite foods, and you just enjoy eating, and that's okay. But as you grow older, you have to make those portions a little bit smaller and smaller and smaller. I mean, for some of us, you just walk past a bakery, and just the smell puts calories on you. I know it's, I mean, it's just so hard. We have to guard ourselves. When we talk about the sin of gluttony, we're really talking about watching ourselves. I think about a story in the Bible. It's found in the book of Numbers, the 11th chapter. The people of God had been led out of Egypt. God gloriously, powerfully set them free from Egypt. Now, they were going to wander around for 40 years in that wilderness, and God provided them a marvelous diet. It was called manna. It had everything in it, the right carbs, the right calories. It gave them the energy they need. You talk about health food. Every day, it was there for them. But they began to complain. Listen to what happened. In Numbers 11, 4 to 6, then the foreign rabble, that means those people who were not Israelites, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see 
is this manna. God became angry with them for their attitude. God became angry with them for their preoccupation with food. There was a widow whose husband died. And his colleagues wanted to get together and somehow encourage that widow and the family. And they said, listen, we want to pray for the gravestone. And they said, what would you like carved on it? And she said, well, I think I'd like to have a quarter pound porterhouse steak. That's the only thing that seemed to get him excited. (laughs) You don't want to be remembered that way. We need to keep and control our appetite. You know, sometimes, and I know teenagers can eat a lot. You can eat a lot more. Yeah, I know that. But you could. (laughs) But when we have a fellowship in the church, maybe you ought to limit the times to only a second, you know, not a third and a fourth going up to those dessert bars. We do need to teach discipline for our children, for our families, for ourselves. It's really biblical. Sometimes we stuff ourselves and we eat so much. Don't try and have a Thanksgiving feast every week. You'll never enjoy Thanksgiving. God didn't mean it to be like that. God meant for us to be living a life in balance not to be controlled by anything. In Psalm 78, 18, it speaks of God's anger towards the Israelites because of their attitude towards food. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. Nothing, nothing, nothing should control us. Billy Graham said, The Romans, before the fall of Rome, were given to three major sins, gluttony, drunkenness, and immorality. They dug their graves with their teeth, killed themselves by illicit indulgence, embalmed themselves with alcohol. Rome fell because she overstuffed her body and starved her soul. We are not to be driven by just this desire to consume and to eat and to consume and to eat. Gluttony can really be driven by an addiction to food. It's possible to be addicted to food. In Titus 1.12 to 13, it says, even one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. And then Paul says, this testimony is true. There was a noted citizen who said, these Cretans are characterized by overeating. And then Paul stops and says, this is true. What if Paul the Apostle were to come to our culture? What if he were to sit with you this afternoon when you go to the restaurant? What if he were to observe us as a culture? Do you know that America is the heaviest country in the world? And really interesting is, do you know what the heaviest states are? The states where the most Christians are. Christians, of all people groups, seem to be heavier than other groups. 64 
50% of adult Americans are overweight. And if it keeps up the way it's going, by the year 2015, 75% of adults will be overweight. 24% of our children will be overweight. We're addicting people to food. The average American child will see 10,000 television commercials in one year. 95% of those commercials will deal with food. Sugared cereals, candies, uh, the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the Wendy's and all of those other fast food places. The movie Supersize Me states, in that movie they stated that our children are the first generation in America that will not have as long a lifespan as their parents. One-third of all children, young people growing up today, they say will develop diabetes. When you look at the sin that's going on in our country, I really believe it's because we've pushed God out. I believe it's because we've turned our back on him. And we have to fill that void with something. And we're losing our way in the midst of our rebellion and turning away from God. And even in the Christian church at times. Now, I, we are the leading importer of coffee. Nearly half of all the world's coffee comes into America. In an average day, it's, I believe it was 300 million cups of coffee each day people drink. And 54% of Americans drink that, and I'm one of them. But one of the things I try to do, and I've been trying to do, is once in a while when we have fasting and prayer, I'll abstain from coffee or a latte. Or if I feel like it's getting too much, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go for a few days without it. To be able to say, I don't want to be controlled by anything. The only thing I want to be controlled by is the Lord. The only thing I want to be controlled by is God's Spirit. You look at the consumption of alcohol Young people between 12 and 20 drink 11% of the alcohol in America. And you know when they drink it? On binge drinking. Something's happening in our country, and it's wrong. We're hurting ourselves. We're addicted to alcohol, we're addicted to nicotine, we're addicted to food. And if things aren't, keep on going the way they're going, we're going to see the health problems just skyrocket. In fact, everyone here knows that cigarette smoking is linked to cancer. The church for years and years would preach against smoking. Be careful. Now the Surgeon General said, it's wrong. And yeah, it is wrong. But do you know that obesity, overweight, is going to surpass killing people over smoking? If we keep on going in the direction we're going because people are not healthy, they're going to die before their time. Shouldn't the church talk about sin, even if it's in the church? And all of us need to step back and look at our lives and say, Lord, search me, help me. Help me to be a witness for you outside and inside the church. Oftentimes what it is, and 
we have this idea that, you know, food is going to satisfy me. I like what one writer said, gluttony is an emotional escape, a sign that something is eating us. At the inside, in our core, there's an emptiness. People try and fill it with video games and addicted to video games. They try and fill it with food and addicted to food. They try and fill it with dieting. I mean, you can be gluttonous about dieting. You cannot wait to 12 o'clock. All you can think about when it's 9 and 10 and 11 is that little bowl of cottage cheese, you know, uh, with the peaches on it. And you just can't wait for that office break to get that celery stick. And you have a treat today with the carrot, you know. I mean, we're becoming monopolized by an obsession with food. We could be obsessed with food in the sense that the new medicine cabinet is the health food store. Right? That's going to be a cure-all for everything. Now, I think we ought to eat healthy. I think we ought to watch ourselves, and there's a lot of good things in there. But if we take it to an extreme, if we become obsessed with it, and it controls us, then really we're living out of harmony. We're living out of balance. Carl Menninger, a psychologist, said, gluttony in all its forms is sinful in that it represents a degree of self-love which is self-destructive. I think what's happening is we're just simply bored with life. And we're trying to sedate the pain. Whether we go to the refrigerator to sedate that pain or we go out to eat to sedate it, we're trying to do it in some way. May 9th, a number of years ago, in New York City, some young teens were just bored. They went to a local park and they found a homeless man by the name of Mr. Jackson. So they wanted to have them f some fun. They doused him with gasoline, they took a cigarette lighter and they lit him on fire. And they said, we ran away when the fire got too high and hot. He died there on that park bench. There's something wrong with our culture. If Paul the Apostle were to look, or if Peter were to look, and they were to evaluate where we are and what's happening, I believe they would cry out with a prophetic voice and say, wake up. We can be driven by this need for pleasure. And eating should be pleasurable, but don't push it. Don't cross the line because you won't enjoy it. Just don't keep on trying to stuff that meringue pie down, you know? Somehow we feel that I've gone to an all-you-can-eat salad bar or food bar or, you know, dessert bar. We want to get our money's worth. Well, no, you should have a testimony at those places too. Christianity should affect the way I live in every area of my life. It should impact the way I eat, the way I live, the way I spend my money. God, he called us into his service 
and he has given us the life that we have and we call him Lord. Pride, greed, anger, lust, gluttony, sloth, and envy are the seven deadly sins. Pastor Ed will be sharing a message on each of these sins. We're all subject to the desires of the flesh. In this series, Pastor Ed will expose the seven most common sins that we face on a daily basis. These messages will be drawn from various portions of Scripture. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching on the seven deadly sins. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.